Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 6th of June, year of our Lord, 2017. In today's show, we're just going to do a simple lead-in and news and social media nuggets. I am solo today. The wife's got a road trip. Quite the role reversal. And i got to take care of a bunch of animals. So, be a short podcast, but I still wanted to get one out. And before we go into it, I just want us all to remember what this day is. D-Day. 73 years ago, brave young men stormed the beach in Normandy. The 101st parachuted in. Oh, that other unit did the 82nd too, I guess. But the 101st Airborne Division. <clears throat> and uh, I, as a vet, still recognize that day. For the extreme bravery that was depicted in all the fighting to win back Europe. Something that Europe forgets about all the time. Before we get into the show, I just want to make sure um, as I look around, there's going to be animals in and out. You're going to hear dogs and cats, and I apologize. I'm solo. Like I said, i got to take care of the animals today and take care of the animal. you got to give them a little love, so it'll be a little noisier. The soundproofing will not help us for the meows. And the stupid Huskies being stupid. So to kind of cover over last, you know, I, I the Catholic Griffith thing is still killing me. And I just want to read it. This is a tweet from 2009. Vegas, this Friday night, two shows in Mandalay Bay. Oh, Palin, you're going down so hard, you better just stay in Wasilla with your retarded baby. Remember... This isn't the first time she's been stupid. And and her politics aren't funny. And she's not funny with politics. You know, they're always the old saying 10% truth in every joke. With progressives, it's more 90% truth. Their their jabs and barbs are not meant for comedy. They're meant to hit home. Because politically, they hate the right. But then there was an article of seven ill-advised things she did in her painful press conference. Because it didn't receive as well as she thought it was going to. One of them, I'm going to make fun of the president. I'm going to make fun of him more. I'm not afraid of Donald Trump. He's a bully. I've dealt with older white guys trying to keep me down. We all get what's going on here. They're using me as a shiny object. So nobody's talking about the FBI investigation. He wants to mess with me. He picked the wrong redhead. This is a woman thing. What happened to me has never happened in this great country. I made horrible, horrible call. Trust me, if I could redo the whole thing, I'd have blown up. I've had a blown up doll and no ketchup. So Tim Graham and Brett Brazell did a nice piece. How could Kathy Griffin think she hadn't crossed the line with her ISIS beheading the president imitation? In a sense, her ignorance is understandable. Since Donald Trump was elected, there's been no lines to cross. Anything, everything has been acceptable. The challenge has been not to temper the outrage, but to push its limit. It was art, she claimed. Despite a videotape apology, she was dumped by CNN and blah, 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 blah. CNN started putting her on the air in 2007. They go through all the shit, and she said all sorts of terrible things back then. The far left called her, and clearly she thought she'd be the toast of the town for this mock beheading stunt. <clears throat> it didn't pan out that way, at least on CNN. Jake Tapper said it was disgusting. Um, via tweets. But in the end, they just break down that 
what she did would never be accepted with Obama. And even though it still goes on as things people think is the greatest thing that ever happened, I once again profess that, you know, folks, this is inappropriate. You don't do that to the President of the United States. Cut and dry. That's the finality of it. And it should be an ugly history of what's gone wrong with the left. To Climate Gate, NASA smashed some people's hopes, especially Al Gore. Ice laws for Thwaites Glacier may not be as rapid as we previously thought, says a new study. The more they study, the more they find they're wrong. And wronger. And wrongest. But you couldn't tell it on CNN, because here's Jim Acosta. Sir, when NASA says that 95% of the experts in the area around the world believe the Earth is warming and you are up there throwing out information that says, well, maybe this is a being exaggerated and so forth. You talk about climate exaggerators. It just seems to a lot of people around the world that you and the president are just denying the reality and the reality of the situation is that climate change is happening and it's a significant threat to the planet. I want to pause for a second and ask the question most Americans have asked. Where's a fucking question in that? When Pruitt, a member of the EPA, actually responded, the last statement from Mr. Costa was, you're putting your head in the sand, though. So is he a journalist or a climate activist? Those are questions I think we should ask. Because I thought journalists report facts. Question could have been, Sir, 95% of the world's scientists agree with climate change. Why doesn't your administration? That was simple to the point. But when you're an activist, you have to get all the talking points out. Just like Andy, you know, Andy Griffin. (laughs) Kathy Griffin did in a press conference. I was going to play a soundbite, but this Sunday, just to hammer this point home, Chris Wallace actually asked Gore, what the fuck, over? You know, you made predictions that the world was going to be ending at this time. It's not. Ice caps are coming back. They're not going away. You know, coastlines are still not underwater. What 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 gives? And he, of course, sidestepped it in typical uh, Democrat fashion. Once again, not a denier. I know there's climate case, climate change. But to push your idealism on people and expect overnight we're going to give up all we do just to affect your political persuasion is just as bad as denying. You know, And I still say the Paris Climate Agreement was just as bad as a denier. You want us to give up more treasure for other world, others in the world is what I tried to say there, to fix their problem? When China doesn't have to do shit to 2030? That doesn't make sense to me. To the big thing, terrorist attack, London. Huge. Sadiq Khan, who put this out prior. Climate change remains one of the biggest risks to humanity. Now more than ever, world leaders must recognize and act on this threat. Somehow this has been twisted in the media because Sadiq Khan doesn't want him to come to us over there and, and this is a huge thing and people really care about it. I, I could give two fuck what the mayor of London thinks about my president. Sorry. But a quick timeline. One of the terrorists carried an Irish identity. Victor's name was Canadian Chrissy Archibald. 
the first victim. Families appealed for loved ones still missing. Fresh Arm Police Ray Newham and Barking. Scotland Yard says known attackers' identities. Donald Trump and news attack on Sadiq Khan. Leaders resume general election campaign. Corman criticizes Theresa May. Everything we know about the attack, how the London terror attack unfolded, who are the suspects behind the attack, who are the London attack victims. And they even go into the timeline. Uh, number one, 1007, report of first victim. Two, van comes to halt by stairs of the cathedral. Three, terrorists rampage through Borough Market. Four, three attackers shot dead by police. They're actually wearing three fake suicide bomb vests. They're all Muslims. They all knew who they were. They have fucking videos of them literally unfurling ISIS flags on TV. Now. One guy was a Arsenal kit-wearing ringleader of the London Bridge terror attack posed jihadi flag on Channel 4 documentary. It's all good to go. They even found that they had a YouTube link. Yeah, they had a YouTube channel. Putting out all their bullshit. And what's good for you that want everybody to come over here and line up the Statue of Liberty and all the bullshit you talk about. This is why the rest of us that actually have fought the goddamn wars you didn't support... Say we need a travel ban. We need a ban. I don't care what you say. Europe is ass fucked right now. Paris, you're all over the place. It's nonstop. And it's all because do gooder liberals believe that we're supposed to open the doors for everybody. But when you can't vet them, you don't know the background, give them free jobs, free clothing, free health care, free everything, they still fucking bite you. They're bad dogs. My phone might beep every once in a while. Sorry, this is going to be a very not good or a bad is a proper word podcast because I have too much stuff going on, but this is the only day I get a podcast out. So I want to get into the response. And of course, Reza Asland is a guy I wanted to cover because on CNN's air, he did stuff that, you know, once again is before would be racist, inappropriate, un-American disrespecting the office of the president. He is actually a a, a a producer on The Leftovers, which next podcast I'm going to cover. It just finished. I love that. Um, I love that. But in the, in the fury, once again, President Trump used Twitter to share news reports on London incident. We aren't relaying President's retweets as the, the info is unconfirmed. They played the NBC thing, the Chuck Todd. He's a candidate. He can't say it's a terrorist attack till they say it's a terrorist attack. And then within the hour, it's a terrorist attack. Uh, they're still playing that game. AP did it. it. It's just normal. But in the fury of all this, remember this guy's on CNN. He's brought on to talk to people. He even hosts a segment of a show. This piece of shit is just not an embarrassment to America and a stain on the presidency. He's an embarrassment to humankind. That's what he tweeted. Further on, we'll actually find out. That's just not it. There's a lot in Mr. Mr. Frickin' Aslan or whatever you say his name. A-S-L-A-N. There's a lot in there. But I'll get to it. After I play a great bite of MSNBC. I don't want CNN just to get all my brunt. Because there's a lot of good shit. There's some shit going to blow your mind. Eichenwald, who we covered, accuses Republicans of defending right-wing terrorists. Followed by 
host suggests Trump is trying to provoke a domestic terrorist, and that is the gay progressive Roberts dude over there. And then Richard Liu worries about police overreacting after learning terror attacks, because it's not good to overreact. Don't treat all Muslims like they're bad, especially the ones with the ISIS flag. Leave them alone. I mean, I think one of the things that's happened that has been very disturbing uh, is, you know, Donald Trump is, is sort of an, the end of the line. You know, when you go back to 2010, uh, when the Department of Homeland Security came out with a report talking about the threat of right-wing extremism, and it's a huge threat. It, these, are, these are terrorists. These are violent people. Uh, you know, the Rush Limbaugh's and members of Congress and Sean Hannity's all came running out saying they're saying conservatives are violent. Well, what that just happened? In order to attack Obama, they said conservatives are right-wing terrorists. They told these right-wing extremists, you are one of us. And it's not a, it's not a surprise that the statistics show that when the Republicans control at least one House of Congress, this kind of violence goes up because yeah. it's it's not just Trump. Nobody is repudiating it. And when you finally have Trump in office and Trump is is, you know, both expressly and tacitly encouraging this kind of violent rhetoric, when you have a, a person running for Congress who body slams a reporter for asking a question, this country is is over. We cannot operate like this. We cannot have our politicians telling those that we represent violence is okay. Uh, if you criticize the right-wing terrorists, that's bad. Uh, racism is okay. Whatever you want to say is okay. Just don't be Islamic. That's kind of where we are now. Yeah, and, 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 and the threats and attacks on me, that just goes with the flow, I think. Yeah. One of his other tweets from five hours ago was, we must stop being politically correct and get down to the business of security for our people. If we don't get smart, it will only get worse. Again, I also mentioned he went on a, a Twitter rant about the travel ban and having that reinstituted, uh, you know, saying that we need to be smart, vigilant, and tough. I just want to ask you, you know, the president doesn't want us to be politically correct, right? So let's not be PC about this. Is the president trying to provoke a domestic terrorist attack with this Twitter rant? Because only to prove himself right. So I asked this of Mayor Reed, but it seems like the president's trying to provoke something that he can politicize more for his own gain in America. Do you feel that way? Uh, I just think he's, well, I think he's totally incompetent. Um, but there's a couple of things that I think are good about this. Uh, I think what happened this week when he said no to the Paris climate change and a number of states and mayors have said, we're not with this president and we believe that he doesn't represent the United States uh, and we're going to go ahead with the climate change uh, protocols. That is very, very important. Yes, uh, in the United States. When you have analyzed uh, these incidents post facto as well as during, as you have so many times with me and others here on MSNBC and NBC News, 
What is the risk? There's certainly a risk of underreaction, but is there any risk of overreaction of deploying too much? You know, as we've been watching all of this live coming into our our our, our satellite center here in New York City and then beaming it out from London, is there is there ever a, a point where you go, well, that's too much, or that that you shouldn't be applying that amount of force there? Oh well, you know, in the in the city that's experiencing the attacks and when there's multiple attacks, really I don't think the response can be too large to get enough officers and investigators there to quickly quell it and then find out what's going on. It's really not a question of too many officers. It's a question of, you know, using them adequately, smartly, getting all the help you can get. So in the city where it's happening, no. It, right. Look what just happened in Manchester. Uh-huh. I mean, Manchester is also facing, you know, a lot of, they have uh, uh, runs and concerts and activities and sports and soccer games. So there's a lot of paying attention across England. London's really going to be spun up. Across England's going to be spun up. And, of course, as you go away from where the pebble goes in the lake, uh, that ripple is less and less. But there's still a lot of uh, paying attention to it. Yeah. So, no, I don't think London's overreacting. And I think that journalists like yourself who are handling this just at the right exact level of what it is. We don't know exactly what it is. This is what we know. These are the hard facts. Sure, it could be that. It could be that. But it could be something else. You know, it just has... No, there's no bias over there. None at all. None at all. Because <clears throat> there's no way not to say this is bias. CNN creates hashtag fake news in London, stages anti-ISIS Muslim protesters. AP, London Borough neighborhood, offers safety and place to sleep for hundreds amid chaos of terror with a bunch of people holding hashtag turn to love, hashtag for London, and they appear to be Muslim. The problem is... CNN timed this. BBC wanted to film it when they were on air. We're having none of it. Note the white police officer leaving before the CNN shot and the Asian officer coming in. Then the left after they went off air. Did anyone see this clip? Please email program details. It was on the BBC One News just before the Manchester concert. Took a pic and I couldn't believe it. Hope that helps. Ralph Satner, fine, cool spring day in London. Barely visible in the photo, but five empty red double-decker buses are parked. A group of London ones have come bearing flowers and posters saying ISIS. Blah, blah, blah. It's a few people. They were standing someplace else. Katie Hopkins goes, same group, multiple locations. Any more screenshots? Spot the pink trousers. Was this group for hire? And what they find in this video, as you're about to hear, they staged it. The police let them bring people in. CNN producer brought them in, lined them up, and handed them placards. It's all on this video. Yeah. 
video on the Facebook page. I tried to link to it. I tried before, but CNN's trying to block it because it's from a Twitter account. They filmed it. They faked it. They totally faked the whole goddamn thing. But you at home, you don't know that. You're not following Twitter. British Twitter people. Not the right-wing conspiracy. Not Trumpers. Not alt-right. Not neo-Nazis. British people. Calling out the bullshit. And one of them is a reporter, the Katie Hopkins. She's from BBC. They didn't do it. It wasn't organic. You made it up. So, after beheading piece of shit, Trump, CNN caught staging protests, the article goes. CNN has already had a huge rating problems with the implosion of Fox News ongoing insanity over an MSDNC. CNN has actually lost ground, dropping last month from second to last place. Moreover, even their news week as heavy as last week, CNN can't manage to scrape together a million total viewers. Throughout all last month, not a single CNN show, not one, cracked the top ten. Actually, they made 19. And this is the shape CNN was before the left-wing cable news network latest credibility implosion. What might be the worst week in the sordid history of the Hitler network, as this article says. Things started out possibly awful when Kathy Griffith staged this. Believe it or not, things actually went downhill when host Reza Aslan said the president was a piece of shit. All because the president said we needed an extra level on the travel ban. That's all he said. He apologized late Sunday afternoon for using profanity in a tweet about Donald Trump in the wake of the terror attack. It's not like me, he says. I'm not reading his apology. Less than 24 hours later, five-alarm credibility calamity hit when a video was released, CNN caught Red Hat and staging a protest for its cameras, and then CNN lied about it. What in the world's going on over there? Griffith's scandal could have been a big win for CNN. All the network had to do was, you know, the right thing which was fire her immediately. Instead, as the internet raged, CNN waited and waited and waited. CNN didn't want to fire their own left-wing Trump hater. CNN loves all Trump haters, considering them family. And CNN really, really loves anything that might inspire someone to assassinate Trump. And these are all linked to tweets from CNN people. 
Though it was only after a big advertiser said it canceled its ad, the network finally made what have been the easiest call in history. Imagine the debate that raged over there. Should we cut ties with our employees who stage an ISIS-style beheading of the president? Obama, of course we should fire. No, Trump is the president now. Stop saying that. Fine. But we still have to make a decision. I want my Barry. I want my Barry. Mr. Zucker, we have to make a call. Barry, Barry, Barry. <laughs> Just when the scandal began to recede, CNN star, weekly host, and resident cannibal, Reza Aslan lashed out at Trump for being a piece of shit. Took around 24 hours for Aslan to delete the tweet, but in doing so, CNN star told a bow-faced lie, lost my cool, and responded to Trump in a derogatory fashion that's not like me. Um, dude, that is exactly like you. Twitchy did the yeoman's work out of yet another CNN star. Except, for course, Syrian moms fleeing war, famine, and genocide with their starving children. Fuck those moms! That's 14 May 2017. Hey, Dinesh! I'll say this as politely as I can. Go fuck yourself, you adulterous piece of shit felon. That's October 2016. Just to be clear, I was indeed wishing someone would rape Congressman Todd Aiken. I hate to be misunderstood. That's August 2012. Then I found another one. Like piece of shit father, like piece of shit son. From October 2016. Talking about Trump. CNN's response. He's not an employee. Glad he apologized. Not proper discourse. That's why I surmised their shit. That's when they surmised their shit. All done. Seltzer attempted to, to, to defend their fake, fake, fake video with an Orwell in the network, clearly manufactured news, by dismissing it as a right-wing thing and doing what CNN always does, blaming the cops. Brian Seltzer... Far-right Twitterers are misleading folks about this video. Bloggers say CNN was caught staging fake news. Police allowed the demonstrators through the cordon so they could show their signs to media. Says CNN, BBC, AP simply filmed them doing so. That's not true because BBC said they didn't do it. Didn't do it. They are spinning so hard to defend Muslims. TBS keeps editing the 2011 Back to the Future where the note to Marty McFly doesn't put the word you were killed by terrorist in there. They took it out, and that's what they keep airing. But what are the rest of the idiots? Well, Bette Miller, more sorrow and grief at the hands of madmen in London. Men and religion are worthless. All religion, all men. Okay. Jody Picoult, when terror attack happened, I think of the Who's and Grinch singing after Christmas is ruined. It isn't fear slash hate that changes him. It's love. When she was mocked mercilessly by everybody on Twitter, she said, oh, it's a good day. I blocked 100 people. Paul Krugman, I'm going to Leonard Lane this week. Oh, my God, I might be stabbed or I might get hit by a drunk driver tonight or run over by a cab tomorrow. I mean, seriously, terrorism bad. But panic about this stuff, or worse, inducing panic, inciting panic is unforgivable, especially for POTUS. So basically, yeah, those tax are bad and all, but we shouldn't really change the way we were doing things. Somebody finally said, what a jackass. People died, their blood's on their hand. You're a fucking asshole. And then that fucking cunt, which I rarely say on the show. It's one of my taboo words, but I just said it. Here's Katy Perry again. Remember, when they blow you the fuck up, give them a hug. This love that you choose will give you strength, and it's our greatest power. 
So now, as you stand here, all of you here, and all of you watching from wherever you are, standing next to a stranger or a family member or a friend or a loved one, let's just do this little exercise of love. Just touch the next person. Touch the person next to you. Make human contact. Tell them I love you. Look in your, look in their eyes. Say I love you. Do it, everyone up there, everyone at home. I encourage you to choose love, even when it's difficult. Let no one take that away from you. This is part of me. Yeah, yeah, that's going to work. After a London attack, Trump again the center of partisan media combat. CNN host called President Trump a man baby and a piece of excrement. He used a more profane term and later apologized. Guess a Fox friend proposed that Muslims in the United Kingdom be placed in internment camps, prompting an on-air disavowal from the host. A Breitbart writer argued to Twitter that there would be no deadly attacks in the UK if Muslims didn't live there, generating angry replies. And Mr. Trump himself, in his first public comment about the attack in London on Saturday night, disseminated unconfirmed information from an unofficial source. The Drudge Report! Which is all true! In 24 hours of deadly van and knife attack, the cycle of partisan broadsides and ideological combat that seem to dominate the media universe these days kicked into high gear. News organizations turns against each other with anchors on Fox called CNN to punish Aslan for his tweet. The president tweets a drudge headline, fear of new terror attack, and read, even if the nature of the assault remain unclear, popped an NBC to rebuke it, and back and forth, and this is a New York Times article. So at the end, all they keep saying is he's bad. He's bad. He's bad. Folks, the only people with their head in the sand is not the people that question your climate gate hysterics that the whole world's going to die tomorrow. It's you that don't think we have a Muslim problem in the country. We have whole sections in Michigan that are turning to Sharia. We have issues everywhere. It just hasn't started now because we have great police to stop it. It's coming. And if you go to a major event, like I said, when I left Perfect Circle, there's dick for security. Once I got out of the nice little metal poles around the Bridgestone, it's game on. Game on. Backpacks the whole nine yards. We've had two horrendous attacks in England. It's all a direct reflection of a lack of immigration policy. To somebody that leads me to call them the motherfucker of the day, we stand with you, Trump declares war, accused leaker reportedly tweeted to Iran's foreign minister with a name like Reality Winner. Yeah, that's her name. It didn't take long for people to track down the social media account of the 25-year-old woman charged with providing classified material to NSA to the Intercept. Daily Beast Kelly Wheel, who in a tweet described Winner as a brave as hell, talked to Winner as brave, uh, talked to Winner's mother Monday and tracked down her Twitter account by linking it to other social media accounts, which she was friends with her mom. The 25, brave as hell. Reality winner is a 25-year-old veteran and translator insistent on calling out Trump. This Daily Beast, and it's a reporter. And they said she mishandled these documents that should, shouldn't have, but she had no idea what it pertained to or what. 
She called us yesterday night. She asked if we could help out with relocating her cat. That's what Winner Davis said. News new from us. Kelly Well broke the news of reality winners charged to her mother. She told her mother to watch her cat. She expressed frequent dissatisfaction with Trump's administration policies and retreated a joke about government leaks, as well as a tweet by famous whistleblower Edward Snowden. It certainly didn't take much of a survey of the Resley feed to figure out that the person it belonged to was virtually anti-Trump, but to what extent exactly? Here are four 50 people followed by reality winner. A couple of red flags here. She got a TS clearance. Javed Zarif with an Iranian flag, WikiLeaks, Anonymous, and Edward Snowden. Sarah Winters. There are many Americans protesting U.S. government aggression towards Iran. If our tangerine-in-chief declares war, we will stand with you. That's what she said. People tweeted, what a stupid time to be alive. Wait, did you declare that if America goes to war with Iran, you stand with Iran? Seriously? How did this deranged person ever get a security clearance after eight years of Obama? The intel community is a joke. Wow, did she become a contract contractor with NSA solely to leak classified info? Go see how you do in Iran, sweetheart. We'll miss you. And it goes on and on and on. And I am just here to tell you, the left, she's yours. And all of you get to meet Samuel Jackson. That's Obama company in a nutshell. That was an Intel contractor. Just one of many resistance. They're coming for you. And I think you deserve it. Because if you turn on your country because you don't like a president, sweet God, what is wrong with you? To the tweets of the day, Eric Geller, DOG, just announced charges against someone who gave classified intel the news outlet. This is a different one. A different one. Not reality winner. Which, once again, what the fuck is wrong with you? ABC tweets, HBO calls Bill Maher's use of racial slur on late show completely inexcusable and tasteless. But as we speak, Bill Maher has not been fired. I love the smell of doubled standards in the morning, says Tim Scott, an African-American senator. I'm not going to play Maher. He said the N-word. He did. But guess who paid for it? On the left. Was it the old white home team buddy? Did he pay for it, boys and girls? Oh, fuck no. No, why would that make any sense? Ben Sass did. You didn't look horrified. And the audience applauded. They blamed the Republican in the room. Yeah, it's his fault. Nobody attacked Marr for using the N-word. Why does... Alec Baldwin and Bill Maher are going to do what the fuck they want. Why is that okay? 
Why? Mary Catherine Ham. Oh, screw this. Catherine Griffin is not the victim in her own stunt, and Ben Sass is not a villain because some guy said something insane next to him. Thank you, Mary Catherine Ham. Under the title that the resistance will not be happy, CNN interviewed Senator Mark Warner Sunday morning to discuss the investigation any ties between Trump campaign and Russia. Warner reported that despite the best efforts of those investigating to find something, a smoking gun has not been found. CNN, though, said it. We have no smoking gun at this point. But there's still a lot of smoke. (laughs) Okay. So one of the astute tweeters said, no smoking gun, no holster, no ammo, no ammo case. You got nothing but an investigation into outer space. But Super T is our tweet of the day on that thread. CNN, the smoke is coming out of the media. Hey, tweet of the day! Yeah, I'm still laughing. That's a good one. To our hate tweets, Democrats finally give up on recovery summer, kick off resistance summer. Remember way back in 2010, Vice President Joe Biden kicked off recovery summer. Six week long, focused on all those stimulus funded jobs that supposedly were going to be putting America back to work. Yeah, I remember that. Actually, the Obama administration program actually did a six week program, but it ended up stretching over several recovery summers and hoped that the recovery part of the equation would happen, but it didn't. All right. Democrats in 2017 are so serious about job creation that pajama boys across the nation are training in their flannel for cargo shirts and signing up to work as volunteer camp counselors for Resistance Summer with the goal of sweeping job-creating Democrats back into Congress. We don't organize, we reorganize. Well, she said organize. That's Nancy Pelosi. This Resistance Summer, we're organizing to fight back. Retweet if you're with us. All of them went out with this lame-ass fucking shit. The Democrats can't make it to Resistance Summer. Tune in to five for a kickoff town hall with Keith Ellison. Oh, that's what I'll be doing. And some dickface tweeted this shit. Listen to this bullcrap. How you doing, Democrats? Resistance Summer, it's all about engaging the grassroots. It's all about the Democratic Party reaching out to activists everywhere. Joining the incredible energy, leadership, vitality that's around the country. 2017 is a pivotal year for Democrats. For not just 18 and 20, but for right now. We fight for equity. We fight for education. We fight for workers' rights. The Democratic Party is fighting for opportunity while the others are fighting to block everyone else out. We have to fight back. We have to resist. People have been out in the street, marching, protesting, showing up at town halls. Not only for us, but people all over the world. Listen, Republicans are in disarray, but Democrats are getting organized. We can't wait for someone else to win these elections for us. We've all got to step up and become leaders ourselves. We are going to train people up and make sure that they're involved with the tools and the power to back them up. Exercising our power and winning. Step up. Mobilize. Win elections! Woo! That's what it's all about. Personal, direct relationships that endure over time. Bring your friends, bring your family and neighbors. It's what always ends up making the difference in this country is when you have one-on-one conversations with people. So don't just sit there, stand up, and speak out. This is how we take back the house. 
this is how we're going to win. The best antidote to what the Republicans are trying to do is organizing. It's time to roll up our sleeves and begin to fight for the people. You know, they remind me a lot of ISIS. They're really good at all these videos and catchphrases and propaganda pieces. Then they did the March for Truth. They're hoping that it would finally topple Trump. Hamilton star, Munoz actor and friends finished out in New York City's March for Truth. We march down Broadway in just a few moments. We have a crisis in our democracy. Representative Jerry Nadler said at March for Truth in Foley Square. T is for treason. House of Cards, Bo Mill, Milmont. We have a fraudulent con man in the White House who threatened the foundation of democracy. Yeah, okay, guys. Okay. Newsweek, almost half of Trump's Twitter followers appear to be fake. That's what they tweeted on 3 June. They were really excited about that. Problem was, everybody shot back out of them. Twitter audit report. Fake. 8,108,883, real 7,605,960. Another one, fake, 14,492,692, real 16,674,387. Now, if you were a normal person who didn't search shit, you would think, oh, that has to be the 8 million people would it's got to be Trump because Hillary won the popular vote. Hillary's more popular. Everybody likes Hillary. So she has more and hers would be statistically more accurate. If you thought that, that is because you have bought what the media has told you. And the reality is, no. Hillary has 8 million fake followers and 7 million real, and Trump has 14 fake and 16 million real, that's double what Hillary has for real, and guess what, that's 53%. Mm-hmm. How do you get a drink? That's 5% better than Hillary. So, have a nice day out there in fucking lemming land. Unhack the vote! Hashtag, boom, there it is, this is the start, Russia hacked the election and we're approving it. This went all over the place. Everybody did it. It was the Intercept. Intercept, who also got the illegal shit from the NSA, which got reality winner fucked. Eric Geller, a politico of all places, debunked all of it. It was all bullshit. It was just a re, re, rebroadcast of the same lame shit. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. <sighs> Representative Adam Schiff tweeted some bullcrap. Zachary Elwood, he's some Hollywood dude, was talking with a pretty moderate friend of mine, and I'm pretty moderate. We agree Trump's election was worse blow to us than 9-11. Really? Worse than thousands of American civilians and military deaths, and this is a trillion in treasure. Okay. It's like, do you not remember your your chant sheets, lefties? Bush's war is worse. Now it's Trump's worse. Motherfucking get a clue. Hypocrisy of the day. New York Times public editor signs off warning of more partisan press delighted in the chaos of Trump. She's saying she's leaving between me, you, and the other sheep out here. Yeah, I think she's getting pushed out the door. 
New York Times public editor Liz Spade signed up final column on Friday warning the Times and other liberal media outlets may destroy their own credibility by shirking truly independent reporting for relentless partisan spleen venting. Liberals inside and outside the Times clearly do not want to listen to this, thinking Spade spent far too much harping on liberal bias when conservatives will never be satisfied with the media. There probably hasn't been a time in recent American history when the role of the media was more important than now. Trump administration is drowning in scandals. The country is calcified into two party, partisan halves. And large ro- newsrooms are faced with the choice to maintain an independent voice, but one as aggressive and unblinking as the days of Watergate, or to morph into something more partisan, spraying ammunition at every favorite target and openly delighted in the chaos. If I think back to one subject I've harped on most as a public editor over the last year, this is probably it. Digital disruption and collapsing business model get all the attention, but the prospects of major media losing its independence and its influence ranks equally high among the industry's perils. Derision may feel more satisfying, but in the long run, stories that are measured in tone are more powerful. Whether journalists realize it or not, with impartiality comes authority, and right now, it's in short supply. Conservatives would take issue with the idea that Watergate scandal coverage was the opposition of partisanship, but Spade's fiercest critics say obviously screw impartiality. They convey at the feet of the convene, excuse me, at the feet of leftist professor Jay Rosen, who rants against false balance, that is to most of us known as balance, and this disabling ideology of objectivity. That was actually an article we had covered on the show. As Slate's Will Ormius snobbish described it, Spade's role was supposed to be like a wise and patronizing liberal mother of the readership. The ch- real challenge, though, is to distinguish between their wishes and their true interests. True interests are in the socialist project, and any wishes for balance are false, Spade theorized. Mike Morell, former acting director of the CIA and a backer of Hillary Clinton, earlier this week likened the U.S. media reaction to Donald Trump to the Venezuelan media reaction when Hugo Chavez became president nearly 20 years ago. With little political opposition to Chavez, the media assumed that role, Morrill said, and ultimately lost his credibility with the Venezuelan people. The U.S. is in Venezuela, but the media here shouldn't fall in the same trap. I don't worry that the Times or Washington Post or others will most resources will fail to pursue ripe investigative targets, and I hope they do. But in their effort to hold Trump accountable, will they play their hands wisely and fairly, or will they make reckless decisions to draw premature conclusions? I'm not going to read the rest of it, because at the end of the day... That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Could play a soundbite, Hugh Hewitt, toss cold water upon Chuck Dodd. They did a Comey investigation story. They hyped it as if this this is it. This is the end of his presidency. And Hugh Hewitt just pissed all over him. And they couldn't rebut it. It was just like the one we just had on the last podcast. That they They're all in. New York Times executive editor Dean Banquet accidentally admits he's on the left side. Three times in an interview, he said, we, as in the left, would catch himself and try to change it. But the Freudian slip was obvious. The New York Times is the left. In their glee to get Trump, New York Times out CIA top spy in Iran. Since he toes a hard line, and this is just like Valerie Plain. They outed a CIA agent. They painted him as a dark prince, pursuing a hardline approach. Aren't these the same journalists who were outraged at Bush years of Valerie Plain was outed over the rationale for the Iraq War, and she was no longer a covert agent? 
Reporter Matthew Rosenberg and Adam Goldman began. He's known as the Dark Prince, or I told you, Mike. Nickname he earned as a Central Intelligence Agency officer or oversaw the hunt for Osama bin Laden, an American drone campaign, blah, 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 blah. Now the official Michael DeAndre has a new job. He's run the CIA-Iran operation. Yeah. They did that. But did we not spend years in the Bush administration? Scooter Libby, Watergate, and Peach Bush. You fucking hypocrites. Here's the headline and tweet tweezing the premier. Putin does not deny having compromising information on President Trump in an interview with Megyn Kelly. Problem is that whole interview was fucking terrible. She had a low-key start. Everybody dogged her. Nothing she did was right. Her numbers were fucking horrible. She literally got 6.1 million viewers and a .8 rating among 18 to 49. The big demo, she only got a 1.2. I guess her hating Trump didn't transcribe over to NBC where she worked at Fox, so she's out. True partisans are not going to watch you, Megan. Susan Rice. Trump walked America off the global stage through her leadership mantle. Now all of us must claim it back. Why is this lady still tweeting? Noah Rothman is particularly embarrassing for the last administration to make this claim given its discomfort with U.S. dominance. Now the previous administration cares about America's leadership role in the world. What happened to leading from behind? Yeah, where was that at? Susan Rice, you lying sack of shit. Overman to Kathy Griffin and Lisa Bloom. You could not be doing more to help Donald Trump if you were Putin. Please stop this selfish nonsense. Lisa Bloom to Obama or Oberman. What's the difference? Thanks for the mansplain. Super helpful. We'll wait meekly for your advice on the right time for a woman to stand up against Trump. She didn't get much traction on that, but if Oberman had a R, yeah. Mm-hmm. AP fact-check Trump can't be trusted. That was during, once again, the London attack. NBC and AP decide that they're going to treat him like a candidate. He was right. They never corrected themselves. That's hypocrisy. The media is ignoring lawsuit against State Department over funding of a Soros group. George Soros was funded by the fucking State Department. Big, big case going on. You're not hearing about it. Because George Soros financed Hillary. Finance MoveOn.org. Finances the resistance. Finances the Women's March. Finances Black Lives Matter. Chuck Todd makes our thing. I can't believe I'm saying his name, but I couldn't help it. Pathetic and self-defeating. I'm sorry for the smart GOP strategists that get talked into this garbage. McClatchy. GOP strategists say Republicans plan to make 2018 a referendum on the media. Why wouldn't the GOP do that? Why? I'm asking. Why? The media is the opposition. Bannon said it, and then you did it. You did it. Your team's down. 1,000 seats. Not in charge of shit. You took over the mantle. This has happened in my lifetime. I remember it. It's just happening again. 
Stats of the day, LA Mayor, we got all this global terrorism, all this problem with immigrants, every fucking show I'm telling you an immigrant killed somebody, LA Mayor, immigration arrest could cause a tinderbox. He's upset that people are in his city arresting illegal aliens. They're ignoring your sanctuary city. Sorry, California. You're still part of America. I could give a fuck if you succeed. 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 There we go. Succeed. No, succeed. I'm not even saying it right. What the fuck? Whatever that is, <laughs> do it. Bernie Sanders made more than $1 million in 2016. Isn't that a quinky dink? Wow. Those rich one percenters. Bernie Sanders, you made 10 times what I made. Yet you tell me I'm a piece of shit. Okay. 75% of black California boys don't meet state reading standards. Good job, California. Great work out there. You're doing good shit. 13 Alabama counties saw 85% drop in food stamp. Wait for it. Because work requirements were restarted. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Kushergate, big fat nothing burger. Trump senior advisor Jared Kushner privately met with dozens of officials from a wide range of nations as part of the role during the campaign and transition. But the liberal media led by Washington Post have zeroed in on only one of those countries, Russia. Why? Because the Russia stole the election narrative helps them explain how to politically novice like President Trump could beat the seasoned Democrat piece of shit, Hillary Clinton. In fact, WAPO knew Kushner served as the official primary point of contact with the Russians and other foreign ambassadors nearly as February 10th when it published a fairly flattering story about him serving as a shadow diplomat. The February story that Kushner had sickly met with foreign officials in New York and even established back-channel communications. As this all goes through, this whole article, by the end of it, it's quite obvious there's nothing there. This was done under the Obama administration. This was done under the Bush administration. This was done under the Clinton administration. This was done under the, the Bush senior administration. This was done under the Reagan, the Carter, the fucking Nixon. For fuck's sake! Nothing there. It was just clickbait. And all you resistance members in between jerking off to Kathy Griffin's picture of the beheaded Trump, you clicked it. We got him! That's a smoking gun! It's like your smoke machine's running out. To a music break and news, social media nuggets! we
Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. Stop. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. a military corner today we're just going to do some crazy on the internet stuff dead spin and lib pals conservative whitlock just an n-bomb and a vast waistline of liberal lem- lemmings masquerading as reporters and fair-minded commentators fox sports jason whitlock stands apart from left stream media sheeple he's a stereotype defying black conservative who tells it like it is his independence attracts scorn from the pc police who branded him just a n-word for recent comments about LeBron James. After James' recent press conference in response to racist spray painting of his L.A. home, Whitlock said the king went too far and too disrespectfully in playing the victim role. Racism will all be part of a world, a part of America. Hate in America, especially for African Americans, is living every day, even though that is it's concealed most of the time. No matter how much money you have, no matter how famous you are, no matter how many people admire you, being black in America is a tough James went overboard when he brought up Emmett Till, a young African-American who was lynched in 1955 for flirting with a white woman. Whitlock said what happened to James didn't begin to approach this horrific crime committed against Till. LeBron needs to quit embracing his victimhood because he's not a victim and it's a terrible message for black people. What was done to James is wrong, but why do we think we always have to make it equate to something? I'm not black. It's clearly obvious. But when I hear people reference shit, especially the gay and lesbian transgender shit, I have to always remember a picture I saw of a child, of a black person being attacked by a fucking shepherd and fire hoses. Nothing we do today even equates that. Or the pictures I saw of slaves. Nothing remotely even comes close to that. But always using that as a clutch to beat white people politically, I don't understand why. This was an interesting headline. Will The Rock be the fortress, their deliverer? Democrats and Republicans alike are turning to celebrities in their search for success on the campaign trail. Problem is, the whole goddamn article doesn't have anybody but a Republican. It's Tom Hanks and The Rock. Didn't work before. Jay-Z and fucking Bruce Springsteen sing their fucking asses off. That's all I'm saying. This boot camp for men claims it'll revive your primal nature. Rusty Ram was perched on a stool, his legs tethered to a piece of furniture, and his arms bound behind him. A man stuffed a wad of gauze in his mouth and taped it shut, then shoved Vaseline up his nostrils. He sat like that for more than an hour, and EMT watched. 
Obviously, I was having trouble breathing. Graham, a 47-year-old entrepreneur who owns seven different companies and lives in Kansas City, Missouri. But I was a smoker, and they told me if I continued to smoke, that's what my breathing would be like if someone tried to kick the down the door and break into my home. I had to protect my family. They are the coaches of Warrior Week, an intensive program for male executives from tech, finance, and other high-pressure industries to learn the hidden science of accessing nearly unlimited sex, power, and money as a married businessman. According to the program website, Rom shelled out ten grand for the privilege of being bound, gagged, and run ragged for five days and nights at Laguna Beach in April. Drills include being thrown off a boat in the Pacific Ocean while blindfolded, dunked in tanks of ice water, and visited a cemetery where men are told they will die in 20 minutes and must first write goodbye letters to loved ones. We teach them how to be a man, said Warrior Week founder Garrett J. White, a 40-year-old blonde with tattooed biceps who likes a video game soldier, and he fucking shaves his legs. Never understood that shit, but whatever. I'm just saying, from the picture, he shaves his legs. Women are leading both across the board in business and home and living more powerful than men today. And that's causing complete chaos for men. White launched Warrior Wheat in 2012 to offer guidance to wayward souls like the, he once was. At 23, he was divorced, bankrupt, and recovering from cancer. He pulled his life together and built a million-dollar real estate empire, then lost it all in the mortgage crisis of 2007. That's when he re- reinvented himself as a life as a business guru. Tony Robbins meets the rock. There's a primal nature in men that has been completely castrated, he says. The boot camp held 10 to 12 times a year. Participants receive a mix of intense physical and mental training. The focus on emotional development. There's even a course on meditation. Members of so-called Warrior Brotherhood range from age 35 to 55. White said he received approximately 500 applications. For each Warrior Week, 20 or so spots. He added that his applicants fall into one of two categories. They're guys who have built something and lost it or stuck. And then we have guys who are even more dangerous. They're killing it and bored. First up for potential warriors application, which questions such as, have you ever been punched in the face by another man? I've been in the United States Marine combat action, Iraq and Afghanistan. William Toadville, 40, who owns a Carl dealership and lives in Delaware. He completed the program in March. Warrior Week was a tough application process. It was the first time I had a man tell me I was a coward. Toadvine wasn't even accepted on his first go-round. I don't know if I was being 100% honest. I think the coach interviewing me felt that. I had lied for 38 years straight. I had infidelities in my relationship. I was a fourth marriage, and I met my wife while having an affair. I thought money fixed things. Warrior Week taught me that money wasn't going to save my kids or show them love. Once in, things didn't get any easier. The men stay at Chichi Laguna Beach Hotel, but sleep a mere four hours each night, waking up at five for drills and calisthenic. Doug Weed, who worked for a food manufacturing business and lives in Auburn, New York, signed up for Warrior Week in May. It's easy to lose focus on things most important to you and have the stress of a small family business and trying to show up as I should as a husband, father, boss. can be difficult. His first challenge upon arriving was to recite the poem Invictus. With lines like, under the bludgeoning of my chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. From memory, those who, who couldn't get who couldn't get it got sent to the ice tank and had to do pocket burpees. Where one sticks his hand in his pockets, drops to the ground, lies on his chest, and has to get on his feet without using his hands. With a 30-pound backpack, said Weed. Navin Tuckerum, a tech investor who owns a juice company, Indie Fresh, Split his time among New York City, Stockholm, and Park City, Utah. Participant in Warrior Week and able to get back to being present. A lot of New Yorkers feel the same. 
their sensory overload, and it creates some distance from reality. I wanted to specifically focus on the male psychology, the warrior mentality that resonated within me. And they go through a bunch of other guys and what they do. Yeah. You got to get the shit kicked out of you, get your head out of your ass. What the fuck over? Join the army. Most of these fuckers just need to spend some time in the army serving something other than their goddamn self. And then you realize everything else is gravy in life. I have a bad days. I get bitchy and moany. I lose focus. But I always remember, there was a time I didn't have a right to do shit. There was a time I didn't have electricity for eight months. There's time people tried to fucking kill me. There's times everybody around me fucking hated me. I was a loner in a combat zone in a platoon that fucking hated me. And I remember, whatever the fuck I'm facing right now, ain't that goddamn bad. A new wave of left-wing militants is ready to rumble in Oregon. And beyond, Redneck Revolt and other groups have pledged to resist right-wing extremism by any these messages. Sorry, this is from fucking Mother Jones. One week after two men were stabbed to death while defending two girls from a racist Islamophobic diatribe on a commuter train in Oregon, Portland, Oregon is bracing for more violence. On Sunday, over the mayor's objection, a right-wing group will hold a pro-Trump free speech rally while anti-fascist activists are preparing to protect the gathering. It's a pattern that's played out across the country since the election. Pro-Trump events like Pikeville, Kentucky, Berkeley, California, attract white nationalists, neo-Nazis, Klansmen, along with other provocateurs from the so-called all-right. And predictably, Antifa counter-protesters mass up to oppose them, often physically, and they're great people, and we totally condone their actions. Yet joining up with the well-established network of anti-fascists and anti-anarchists is a new generation of militant organizers. The Portland's Rose City Antifa Coalition, this weekend's pro-Trump rally, will include the local chapter of Redneck Revolt, a national network whose outreach has targeted right-wing militant members. Redneck Revolt is just one among a handful of left-wing groups that pledge to resist emboldened white supremacists and right-wing extremists through direct action. Sometimes goes beyond nonviolent protests, including pickup arms. Some students see themselves as the heirs of the 1960 radicals like Black Panthers, while others look like an Antifa movement for inspirations. They have the Bastard Motorcycle Club. We are not people who believe in situations where we're under attack that we should turn the other cheek. By any means necessary, bam, with an M. Formed in 95 to fight California rollback of affirmative action, the group, which is led by civil rights lawyer Shanta Driver, has organized anti-Trump rallies and high school walkouts, but it also supports more aggressive tactics. When we say by any means necessary, we mean everything for doing legal cases to organize more militia action. We are not people who believe we should turn the other cheek. Redneck Revolt, Huey P. Newton Gun Club. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's um. Being lauded. They all look like a bunch of fucking bikers. They're dressing up. They got beards to look like rednecks. The problem is, I can't get the sound bite, but I'm still working on it. Tucker interviewed. The largest non-anti-Trump rally ever in Portland was held. After it was over, all these important people Mother Jones and the Resistance talk about got in their face, cursed them, and tried to provoke them to hit them. Because that's the whole plan. See, the resistance is now the same motherfuckers from Kansas. Yeah, I said it. Westboro. They're the same people. They go out to these events just to incite a riot 
so they can prove a political point, but they're the aggressors. They're the aggressors every time and twice on Sunday. And somehow the media doesn't want to report it and they think it's just fine. I mean, how many times on the show during the election did we show Trump supporters getting beat, egged, and everything? The media says, well, that's just not nice. But Trump said to punch somebody. It's just like Muslims that become Islamists. Somehow in the liberal mind, it's okay because that's our group. It goes back to Bill Maher saying the N-word. He's in our team. It's wrong, but... Yeah, it was always a but. Huge deep hole on Mars leaves science baffled. Oh my God. It was discovered by NASA's Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, which has been studying its surface for 11 years. A vast pit estimated to be hundreds of feet across and surrounded by frozen carbon dioxide. It's located on the south pole of Mars, sticking out among the Swiss cheese terrain. The depressions are thought to be caused by sublimation which is when the material goes directly from solid to gas. According to Science Alert, there are many ways such holes are formed on Mars, which is colder than Earth. Meteorites leak craters, lava tubes, yada, yada, yada. The depressions discovered by the MRO High Resolution Imaging Science Experiment are high-rise camera, which allows NASA to see Martian objects larger than 3 feet from about 125 to 250 miles up. I thought that was cool. It's a big old fucking hole. It isn't your average sinkhole. More than a hundred reptiles, many illegally illegal to own, found in Carl Place home. Nassau County Monday, a CBS2 Brian Conbear reported many of the animals are banned in New York State. The block of 11th Street, the Carl Place, the discovery happened is quiet outside, but inside one house, investigators said they found an assortment of reptiles, many which Nassau County Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals noted are illegal to own. The SPCA on Monday afternoon drawed out a baby alligator that had its mouth taped shut as a precaution. There are also dozens of turtles in the basement that investigators called horrendous condition. They're in pretty bad shape. What the fuck? What the fuck? To our lighter fare! This cracked me up. And I found it on Twitter. Man cutting grass with tornado looming makes an incredible comment afterwards. Canadian man was pictured mowing his lawn on Friday evening with a tornado in the background. Asked about it, he said he was keeping an eye on it. Here is a picture of unafraid Thenus Wessels taking care of his lawn. It was taken by his wife. They show the picture. Man mowed lawn with tornado behind him. Says he was keeping an eye on it. Venus Wessel said he was keeping watch of his surroundings and saw the twister from a swirling connected from the sky on the ground to form a funnel. It looked much closer if you look in the photo, but it was really far away. Well, not really far away, but it was far away from us. I was keeping an eye on it. Despite his downplay on the vent, the internet found the image of Wessel to be nothing sort of incredible. This Alberta man who was mowing a lawn with a tornado behind him said he was keeping an eye on it. Other people said, now this is a headline. Listen, his wife told him couldn't come back inside until the grass was cut. He don't care about no tornado. Then somebody said, one for the history books. And I totally concur with that. So I'm going to post it on Facebook and on our uh, website. Because I just think, oh my God. I'm married to a wife who's got on to me about the yard a couple of times. I think I would, I, I've gone through hail. 
but I think I'd get off the goddamn John Deere after I parked it, because it's my John Deere. You don't fuck with a John Deere. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends. Send comments by sending an email to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Podcast gmail.com. Get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google's Play, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher. Remember, check out the Flyover Politic web webpage at F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. It's a pattern, foppodcast.com. To see links to the feed for the show, links to our Facebook page, and to email us. There you'll also see links to every episode on the episode release page and my blog on the blog page. Finally, at foppodcast.com, you can suggest segments by, once again, sending an email, making a comment. Have at it. I'll add it to the show. Next podcast is going to be a Friday free for all, or just a podcast, depending on how much time I have, for the 9th of June, Year of Lord 2017. Sorry this is a short one. Just wanted to get some information out. Had a lot of good stuff to come, and I, I just had to cover uh, that CNN thing. I, I could not not cover it. Would do my usual send out, but I'm not going to. I just wanted to wax poetic about how bad things are. You know, I sometimes enjoy my podcast um, from a perspective of, hey, you know, it's freaking crazy, listen to this, or, um, man, this pissed me off, and I, I want to vent and kind of scream into the microphone. But as the weeks go on, now six months almost we've moved from the change of the presidency. I have become to the point sadly disappointed in my country. I cannot believe this is what we're doing. I mean, I I know I said that, you know, this is, this is what I expected, and I know I said that Trump was going to be hated, and I I know I kind of, at the end of the day, realized it, it was going to be crazy because we had had eight years of a Democratic president, which always leads to, you know, all of a sudden we have a media. I mean, that's just, that's how things are. Um, I understand that. But at the same time, I, I just didn't expect that, we would be sitting here on the 6th of June pretty much reporting the same shit I did in January. I mean, it, it hasn't, it, it hasn't changed. It, it just hasn't changed. And I wonder, What's so different now than before? I mean, at some point in in every opposition to a president, there's a lull. There's a spot where you just kind of, you just take a break and you, you regroup and you start thinking, okay, we're going to do policies. Um, we're going to do something. We're not there. We have a media and full-fledged, Trump's the devil mode. We have a whole resistance that's getting bigger. Now they're forming clubs, which, you know, that's kind of crazy. Um, whenever you say opposition 
against the people or you point something out that's quite obvious that CNN fake shit. The media now just says, well, far right or alt right. Um, alt right people are saying this. And, and they don't even, they don't even recognize that they literally are doing anything wrong. That they don't think they're doing anything wrong. And, and I, I just wonder, and I hope you do too, are we ever going to heal as a country? I mean, I, I, me and my wife were talking this weekend because we went junking. I scored a 1951 uh, Zenith radio. Uh, just freaking fantastic. Um, it, it is really good. I mean, I was a steal. $200 radio or two, about 250 you could probably get it for. I, I picked that son bitch up for... Um, Doggone nothing. I paid 30 bucks. It was pretty cool. And, you know, as we went around, we, we really started talking and we turned on the, the radio a little bit and we, we listened to some news and, you know, I, I, I kind of realized that, man, I don't watch the news anymore. And I don't really want to. Um, I've watched almost all of MASH because I, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm really to a point that I, I just can't. I, I am so sick and tired of the one-sided approach to everything on the TV, the non-stop, you know, Trump's the devil. I, I, I really, I'm just in shock that this is what we're doing. And I wonder if you've asked or you've talked to your friends or even discussed. As a country, we, we got to change. Because it isn't going to stop with Trump. There's going to be a whole sect of people that are now so butthurt over Trump that when the Democrat gets in office, we're going to see the same thing. They, they won't call it a resistance. They'll call it a, um, well, taking back the country or, I don't know, something like that. And there's got to be a time that we, we, we at least give a president an opportunity to do something. We have a peaceful change in power. And I think that's the, the, the point I'd like to get across. We exchanged power in January, but it's been nothing but unpeaceful. It is nothing but vitriol, rancor, violence, attacks, people not talking to each other, people getting divorced. Just the craziest thing we've ever seen in our country. We've had a media that has just stepped up for a party. And taken over their mantle. And they're fighting the president. And it doesn't matter what he does. Nothing. I mean, to this point, I've said it. He needs to stop tweeting. 
but his policies are to be expected. His travel ban, his removal of Paris Climate Agreement, his appointments to the Supreme Court. That was to be expected. That's what he said he was going to do. So if you knew that, why are you freaking out about it? Why are you fighting it? So I think that that's the core problem we're going to have going forward. If every time a president gets elected, the other side just blocks everything he does through the courts, including executive orders. See, Democrats, what you didn't catch, you took it to the next level. You complained about it under Obama that you that through the the legislative branch they stopped some of his stuff. You've not taken it to the judicial branch. Now you're stopping it. You've taken it to the next level. When do we stop? And I, I want to really, I, I'm inciting conversation on this. I want people to really answer that question. And if you can, send me an email to foppodcast at gmail.com. Do you think this is scary as a country? Do you think it's really bad that we have people beheading the president and people defending that? Do you think it's bad that we have actual reporters cursing the president? Do you think it's bad that we have people who are becoming 100% traitorous and rooting for the other side and giving up state secrets when we had an entire administration do it for the left office? Do you think that's scary? Do you think that's a bad thing for the republic? Because if you think it's just going to be for Trump, it's not. What is happening now is there's going to become a right-leaning medium monolith. New networks again. You got the Blaze TV. You got Fox. You got all Breibart's talking about a TV channel. Well, Breibart is Blaze, isn't it? I don't remember. It's whatever. There's more networks. There's more publications. There's more websites. And as we separate to our sides, everybody's just reading their own media. Because there's no straight media anymore. I mean, under Bush, it used to be Bush wrong, Bush bad. Now it's every topic you could bring back up until he insulted a reporter who was disabled. Do you think that's bad? Do you think it's wrong that people are wishing ill will on our president? Do you think it's wrong that the presidency has been reduced to he's a fucking piece of shit by a CNN reporter? And I ask that specifically of progressives. Would that be okay with Obama? And you can't say there's a big difference to Obama. Obama was a god. Oh, I understand you think he's a god. Trump people think Trump's a god. Trump's got a cult. But regardless of the cult you're in, he's the president. Have we lost all decorum? Will we ever get it back? Because the more and more me and my wife had this discussion, the more I'm concerned that someday in my lifetime, there's going to be a civil war. See, because I don't see the white nationalists. Contrary to your belief, I live in Tennessee. I don't see white nationalist groups. I don't see the KKK. I don't see skinheads. I don't think see people marching. I don't see people beating people of color and gays. And les- I don't see that. But on my TV, I see a lot of Antifa, which is part of the resistance. 
as we just covered, I see a lot of them mobilizing and creating gangs that are going out and inciting violence with people who have a free speech too. I mean, are we going to forsake free speech to only the speech you agree with? And if that's free speech, is it free? I think I'd like to end the show on that. I think all of us, including your humble hosts, we need to soul search. What is the country we want? Because I don't agree it's Trump's, but I don't agree it's the resistance. It used to be in between. A compromise. An understanding. That you may be before abortion until the baby crowns, but I don't believe in abortion, but I'm not going to stop your right to have an abortion, but I don't want to pay for it. And by the way, you shouldn't be able to stab the baby when it comes out. And we as a society decide that's that's not legal, which is what we've done. I don't think you should be able to have everybody come in the country. You should have legal immigration. We can't even agree on that anymore. Progressives decide, well, he says he wants to travel ban, so we're just going to fucking let anybody come in. And then we're not going to follow the laws of the land. I mean, the, pre- the previous president did it, but now everybody's doing it. And this whole concept of we're going to resist him. Basically, what you are proposing as progressives is exactly what we said on this podcast before the change of power happened. But we were wrong that Obama was going to try to have a shadow government. And remember under Bush, Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid did it. They went to foreign countries and undermined the President of the United States. And I want you to know, you're going to see that. I would not be surprised with this fucking mayor of fucking London bullshit. Some senator is going to hop a fucking plane. And we're going to see a shadow government try to run this country out from underneath the President of the United States. Is that the country we want? Is that the government we want? Take the fucking Trump out of it. Take the Obama out of it. Take your cult out of it. Take your D or your R. Take it out. What country do we want? And we need to come to that solution and decision quickly. Because this shit's spinning out of control. And if it continues to keep ratcheting up, eventually, we're going to revisit the 1800s and this country's going to have a civil war. It won't be over slavery. It'll be over dogma. Some would say that's what the war was about, but it'll be over dogma. Beliefs. No compromise. And for me, that's pretty scary. So until Friday, my friends, have a great week. Love your family. Love each other. Thanks for listening.